Uh, much of it's been rehashed today, all the old Masonic stuff with the mysteries. Remember Weishaupt said the greatest way to get people in to the order that he was establishing was to create a great mystery. They didn't have an answer, but that didn't matter. The people who joined were looking for an answer, an answer they'd never find. Just get them in. Well, the same technique is used to distract people off the path of understanding by churning out, and well-financed, by the way, at the top, because counterintelligence does all this stuff, well-financed books that appear across the world in all major bookstores, and it's meant to get you off into la-la land. Remember what Hitler said, the greater the lie, the more people will believe it. I'll be back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix. The Matrix is the big world system in which you've been born into. It's a complete system with many branches going off into different corridors. And it's designed and planned and run by people who are experts in human behavior. The knowledge of this science is very, very old. And you'll find some of the major players in history and even in ancient times talked about it. As I say, Plato uh, liked to talk about control of the masses, and he put a lot into his book called The Republic. Uh, but many other of uh, his peers at that time, the aristocracy of Greece, who were all trained in Egypt, um, learned these from the Egyptians, this, this technique of controlling the masses and how the masses truly do think. Uh, it's not difficult to understand this, how the sciences work. And even people like Adolf Hitler made it known in his own writings what he thought of the public and how they would grab onto big lies. This is something that he said. He said, now, this was back, now tie this in with a lot of the books that are out there to keep you running in circles and point fingers and, and go off into outer space and so on. He says here, this is, this is from Mein Kampf, the, the book that Hitler wrote. In the big lie, there is always a certain force of credibility because the broad masses of a nation are always more easily corrupted in the deeper strata of their emotional nature than consciously or voluntarily. And thus, in the primitive simplicity of their minds, they more readily fall victims to the big lie than the small lie. That was what he wrote in his own book, Mein Kampf, page 134. Then he said, he went on to say, what luck for rulers that men do not think. Now, who taught Adolf Hitler these sciences? As I've said before, psychopaths innately know how to manipulate people. In fact, that's one of the, you may call it a, a talent they have, a gift they have. They intuitively know how to manipulate other people into doing work for them and getting their work done for them by manipulation of people and yet to get them to, to describe what they're doing to people would be hard for them they do it instinctively but someone taught Adolf Hitler someone taught Adolf Hitler for instance uh, deportment and oratory it's in the history books how he called what the best orator and deportment manager 
over to Germany to teach him how to stand and pose in front of the audience, just like Billy Graham, in fact, same techniques if you watch them, where the hands go up together and, and he lifts his, his eyes to the ceiling, to God, you see, and the emotion comes out and the crowd are swayed. These techniques are archetypal, as Carl Jung would have called them. They're, they're almost innate within our, 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 our genes, you might say. It pulls something out of us. We all recognize it. And when it's coupled with emotion, it has the proper impact. But it's used all the time. And therefore, it's nothing at all for counterintelligence to always churn out people. And I've mentioned this in the book called the, the America's Cultural Wars, where they ran the American culture. The CIA ran it. It's now declassified right through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, etc. Of course, they still do as well. But they gave uh, that era of American culture to the, the general public. They hired hundreds of novelists, even third-rate ones, and made them very, very famous, even poets. And I've read from the book, it's well worth reading, it's just kind of overdone and flowery speech and so on to, to pad the book, but there's a lot of good facts in there as well. So be very careful what you read, especially that which fascinates you. It's a science which is well understood, that can really truly fascinate you, and you're off in la-la land before you know it. Counterintelligence. Well financed, as I say. Now, this article kind of falls in with this because it's from the guardian.co.uk, the 15th of May 2009, and I think there's a link to the uh, YouTube clip on this as well. But it said National Health Service. Now remember, the U.S. is going to get its National Health Service. That's been on the, on the works and the cards for a long time. And that's one of the reasons that they put Hillary in, you know, in New York for a while and told her to sit pretty for a while and they'd eventually pull her into the next administration because everything is pre-planned, you see. And it's a must-be because in the Fabian system, all services must become authorities. That is the new governance system. It's all done by authorities. It's post-democratic. This is the term they're using at the top themselves. It says, National Health Service viral video, because that means really you know, catching on. It says, on teen pregnancy banned by YouTube. This is a grainy, unbranded clip posted to YouTube by National Health Service Leicester appears to show a teenager giving birth in a schoolyard. And it says, the hard-hitting National Health Service viral advertising campaign. So this is an advert, part of an advertising campaign by the National Health Service as they try to shock and awe people. Uh, the same National Health Service that told everybody to panic because of the swine flu and so on. You see. Uh, so it's, uh, it says it's part of an advertising campaign by them about teenage pregnancy. And it's been banned by YouTube for showing what appears to be a school girl giving birth in a playground while being watched by students. The video clip posted by National Health Service Leicester was unbranded, appeared to be real footage, shot on a mobile phone and posted on YouTube, the hugely popular Google-owned social media website. It was blocked by YouTube just after 24 hours on the video sharing website. And, and, and the ones who put it out there, the National Health Service, said it was designed to target hard-to-reach teenage demographic. I like how they word it. Eh? 
He says, we know this film, this film is hard-hitting, but so are the numbers of under-18s getting pregnant in Leicester, said Tim Rideout. I've heard his name before, so he's probably trying to get a name for himself. But what a name, Rideout, eh? Tim Rideout, Chief Executive of National Health Service Leicester City. Nearly half the city's wards are classed as teen pregnancy hotspots. Rideout added that traditional marketing such as leaflets and posters, did not get the teenage sex and pregnancy message across to many of the target demographic. Now, one thing here, too, is remember, so they're also using YouTube as marketing. Again, manipulation, in other words. Always remember that everything that's out there has a message to manipulate you to come to a certain conclusion. It says the clip is still viewable at a supporting campaign website, and it's got the link here. And I'll put all these things, these links up at the end of my show on my site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, which you should look into and have a, a gander, as they say, a little, little look. But what gets me, it says here, it says, the clip is still viewable, uh, which from next month will also be hosting an online docudrama. These docudramas are like make-believe, like actors and actresses. It is featuring local actors tackling common myths and frequently asked questions on relationships, sex, and pregnancy. Last September, YouTube tightened up a range of its community guidelines governing the type of videos it would look to police more vigorously. In a blog post relating more directed content that incited violence, YouTube said, if your video shows someone getting hurt, attacked, or humiliated, don't post it. Then it says, last July, John Whittingdale, MP, Member of Parliament, Chairman of the Commons Culture. See, I've told people forever. I was stunned ages ago, years ago, when I, I mean, I, I knew that the, the Soviet Union had a Department of Culture. And then I, then I looked into Britain, and lo and behold, the government had a Department of Culture. I looked at all the other countries that joined the United Nations, and they all had a Department of Culture. And big money was pumped into the Departments of Culture, and the Departments of Culture chose novelists, etc., to write certain topics with politically correct topics involved in the storylines. They picked down-and-out artists that would never, never feed themselves in a million years to, to, to paint Picasso-type pictures because the end thing was really uh, to degrade the human body. That was part of the agenda. It's actual agenda, folks. Nihilistic art, it was called. Bertrand Russell talked about the creation of nihilism and how they'd use all the arts to do it. And then apathy would follow when there's no beauty left. Interesting, isn't it? But getting back to this article, last July, John Whittingdale, MP, Chairman of the Commons Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee, Member of Parliament, right, criticised YouTube in a report looking at harmful content on the Internet. Now, let's get back to the main story here. Here they are, whether it's real or not, the National Health Service is trying to get a shocking thing across to people to, to what they call is a hard-to-reach demographic audience, the teenagers. There's nothing easier to reach than teenagers because turn on your TV and watch what they've been pumped full of for the last 30 years. Much music and sex, 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 sex. They never, ever... 
how come they never look at what's motivating all of this and the culture that's been devised? Culture is devised not by young people at the bottom from the grassroots. Culture is devised by very old people, well-educated in tweed suits, sitting around tables at the top. So is the fashion that you wear. So was the ideas of hanging zips off your cheeks and pins and little brass balls in your tongue. That all came from the top, not from the bottom. I can remember years ago watching a team of these very same people, people in their 50s and 60s, male and female, in tweed jackets and coats or skirts, sitting around a table, picking the top 10 and 20 hits that would be for the coming month in the hit parade for music. People who would never listen to that back home, they'd listen to Mozart, etc. And so is the fashion industry, hand in glove, creating all of your culture, including all the sexual parts. Back with more after these messages. Ellen Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Just to finish off from the last topic I was on about, it's almost impossible for youngsters to, to, to believe that everything around them, including the way they're taught to dress and so on, what's the latest thing in fashion, is designed on purpose by very old people working with those in the music industry, etc. I mean, Plato talked about it. He talked about the, the, the musicians should be licensed because of the effect they could have on the youth. So they understood this all along. And they're using it, they've been using it now for, since about the 50s onwards, big time, to change society. And they've been very successful. But also, the, Plato also mentioned that the fashion industry, he called it industry, and how it also works hand in glove with it too, you see. So therefore, people who understand the arts use the arts against the people who think it's theirs. They think it's theirs. Those guys running about with the baggy pants with the crotch of the knees literally think it's their, their, somehow it's theirs. They go into stores and buy the stuff. never dawns on them that someone designed this. And it wasn't one of their own. Amazing, eh? So even the clothes for rebellion, they, they decide, what, do you want to be a skinhead? We'll sell you all this stuff. Uh, do you want the baggy pants? We'll sell you that stuff, you know. So e even your, your methods or, or your dress for rebellion are given to you, the authorized dresses for rebellion. That's how tightly controlled everything is. But it always gets me when they go on about the teenage pregnancy, etc. And as I say, just look at what they're fixated on night after night on much music. And what is, is it about philosophy? I can remember, I can remember in the 70s when the word came down from the top again, those who owned the music industry, uh, that all songwriters should start to writing songs that were gender neutral. And for sure as could be, right after that, you never heard anyone saying he or she or, or, or a woman's name in a song. It's all gone. You have no idea that everything is manipulated and no one thinks about it. Control, control of society to control the culture and guide the culture along a path they don't even know they're on. 
and they've installed step by step by step to lead you to where they want you to be. And you'll never even realize that that's how you got there. You think it's all just fun. Everything's out there for fun and just money. That's what you, you want to believe. In Britain and across Europe, there's been massive scandals with the politicians uh, rigging their expense accounts. But it's no surprise. You see, the psychopaths graduate into politics, and then they're vetted by those who own the system. And the system truly are owned, as I say. And if they show that the right psychopathic qualities, but they have the ability to follow leadership, then they get in. And they have no consciences, and they rip off the public left, right, and centre by padding their expense accounts. Even the woman who's in charge of the British version of Homeland Security has been in all the major newspapers. She's been doing it with about three different houses and, and ripping the taxpayers off for thousands of pounds. But here's an article from the BBC, and it's also on Wise Up, the Wise Up Journal. And I'll put these links up, remember, on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. This is to give Americans and, and Canadians an idea of what's coming when they give us a new parliament for the Americas, because it is on the cards, by the way. It was discussed during the free trade negotiations, the precursor of the NAFTA negotiations, a new parliament for the Americas. And they even uh, debated if it would be in Montreal. And we have to join, remember, which be, be Europe, but we also have a similar setup as them, where they have Brussels. And uh, this article says here, uh, a BBC Newsnight report from February 2008 posted on YouTube on how members of the European Parliament uh, were abusing their expenses. At the end of the report, BBC tries to make out that the members of the European Parliament, uh, ministers for the European Parliament document under lock and guard only relates to MEPs from poorer states and British MEPs are of a different non-criminal breed. This is how they try to portray it. The news from the May 2009 was saturated by reports of British MPs and MEPs, as European politicians, scamming thousands of euros and pounds from their expenses paid for by the public. The scandal has been around for a long time. Will it be used now to expose selected MEPs at election time? And that's true enough. If there's a few they want rid of, they'll, they'll just point the finger at them. It's a good time to get rid of the, any ones who want to go along with it. And it also says here, joke elections, MEPs, the members of the European Parliament, right? And it's, it's a big mystery how these guys get to be members of the European Parliament. Everything's very secretive about this big mammoth that runs the whole of Europe now, this big giant uh, conglomerate, um, almost fascist type system. A system where the top guy apparently said a couple of years ago that anyone who criticized the European Parliament or any of his decisions was guilty of heresy. That was in mainstream papers, heresy. It says here, members of the European Parliament have as much power as employees of a business have with a suggestion box. The only directly elected members for the EU, MEPs, have no authority to propose or amend laws. And that's true. They can only make suggestions to amend laws and their votes in Parliament are just a show. Their votes are not legally binding. In a Western democracy, people have the freedom to enjoy the illusion at election time. And it's a fact. It's the legislator runs the government. Back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
currently no genetically engineered animals approved for sale as food anywhere in the world, and opponents are predicting a wave of consumer outrage. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think the general, the general public, the mass of the general public won't care. It says we don't have that same level of negative reaction as in Europe at present, but I suspect it will come up when food animals are approved, said Jeff Hutchings, a professor of biology at Dalhousie University and a member of the Royal Society. See, the Royal Society, I've written the history of that before, how it was set up in the days of Francis Bacon. Came out of Rosicrucianism, and it was Freemasons who staffed it all, still the same today, to guide the future, you understand, through science. And we all obey the proper aristocracy, who are scientists, you see. So the Royal Society of Canada is just a branch of the one in London. So they're all for it. It's the Massachusetts headquarters company, which has operations in Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland, has not applied for approval in Canada, but trade law could force Ottawa's hand following U.S. approval, making it irrelevant whether the Canadian consumer wants these fish or not. So there you are, this democracy in action. Under current Canadian law, GE foods do not need to be labelled, and again, that's democracy in Canada. We're told nothing in Canada except obey, be good, be a good citizen. That's the definition of a good citizen. You obey every law that comes down the pike. That's all it takes to be a good citizen. And it's a lie that they haven't been modifying the food because I watched a few years back on a public broadcasting uh, little documentary on the the Canadian uh, fish industry, the Ministry of, of Fisheries, the government's department, and they had these little troughs running through a factory with fish going through them, and there were men and women on along the troughs, and they just picked a fish up every so often, put it against this little, it was like a, a almost like a pen, something the size of a pen on a little post, touched the fish to it and put it back in the water. And what they were doing was injecting into it through, by insufflation, that kind of Star Trek injection stick technique, um, uh, E. coli. It's amazing they use E. coli to, to, to carry deep into the tissue of the fish uh, whatever DNA modification or material that they have. And what happens is the fish's natural, natural cells die off and regrow. The DNA ones take over and literally re-engineer the fish. That's what they've been doing for years. And I just saw that in a little off-the-cuff Sunday afternoon, rainy afternoon, uh, public broadcasting documentary on it, or I would never know. So they'll, they'll lie about everything. They say this is the first one. This is not the first one at all. It's just another big commercial company, whereas the first one maybe was government-run. Quite something, eh? And as I say, why would they go to so much trouble to bring in people who initially... Remember all these guys who deal with, with, with uh, genetic modifications worked primarily uh, in departments of governments for warfare purposes. Now they're making your food. And they've already admitted they can make plants, for instance, grow any kind of drug they want to, create different kinds of vaccines and so on. And they they put bacterium in the parts of bacteria they're taking out and putting in veggies, etc., you think they're doing all of that just to get a bigger potato? Because that doesn't seem to be what it's for. 
fact, even admits that even though they're pushing it and pushing it, we all must go GMO to save the world, the crop is one-third less, eventually, than regular, the regular unmodified crops. So what's the real deal going on? What's the real purpose behind it? I don't trust them at all. Because food's always been used for warfare. And remember going back to people like Arthur Kosler, who was again one of these novelists initially, who was hired by the CIA and MI5. It's actually declassified in that book, America's Cultural Cold War, that he was one of them. He was picked out of obscurity. And he talked about uh, the need for world peace to lobotomize part of the brain of most people, not the elite, because they have to retain their survival instincts, but the general public wouldn't need it because the state would be making all their decisions for them, much like today, in fact, isn't it? But he said they have all the means to do it. Bertrand Russell said the same thing. He also uh, worked for the same group, by the way, and that's also declassified MI5 and MI6. And Russell also said the same thing, that... uh, they had the ability to put it in their water or in their food or use the needle, he said, while they're using all of these techniques. It's astonishing, really. So anyway, I'll, I'll go to the phones because I think this one been hanging on for a while. This Eric from North Carolina. Hey, thanks. Uh, How are you there? Yes. Island. How are you doing? Hey, good. Uh, just want to say I, I honor your um, way that you... Uh, run your program with donation system. I wish more uh, truth people would do the same and exhibit some integrity. Um, I just want to talk about uh, sustainable living, environmentalism, the green agenda, and it's the emotive propelling it. One of them is compassion. The elite would know this and have to cultivate compassion. I think of Gandhi, JFK, Martin Luther King, John Lennon, and um, what type of world would be if uh, they were uh, on the strings? Uh, eugenic war, totally attacking our biology. Yeah. And man, Tesla technology, chemtrails, cell phone towers, TV. It's really amazing. Um, I just watched Sean Hannity um, versus Jesse Ventura. And Sean Hannity can defend Bush to an absolute T. Yeah. Where he can be smug. Yes. It's really incredible. <laughs> I mean, defend Bush to a T. He even quoted the, um, the 9-11 Commission, and he disregarded the Bush-Bin Laden relationship. Yeah. Um, one guy told me about, you know, uh, Tesla tech and microtechnology, and he, if they were frying us, bugs wouldn't exist. And I, th- and I said to myself, well, I remember you talking about frequencies being able to kill certain bacterium. They have the, the code, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure they can easily uh, dampen a part of the mind. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's incredible. The, the system is projecting. Um, one thing it doesn't integrate is knowledge of the man. Mm-hmm. Um, and schizophrenia is being yeah. projected. And the, in, the incredible ironic thing is... Uh, I could diagnose myself with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. They have language and law. And uh, I was curious, uh, do you think the elite are mummif- mummifying themselves? And I'll uh, listen to your... your well, the elite thing. definitely, uh, the, 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 they, they are uh, exempt from 
what they're spraying, I'm sure of that. And, and I, I often wondered, I, I, I thought about ways of proper collation. And I, then someone sent me uh, an article from a company that literally has a portable uh, blood collation device, very similar to the, the type that you would use um, for people with, with kidney problems, dialysis, only it's portable, it has filters, replaceable, and you can wear it on your arm. You'd never know you had it on. Um, and I thought this is probably what the elites are having themselves. But, but uh, it takes me back, too, to a journalist who was with Lady Diana for about a month, uh, traveling around with her to, from party to party. And in his newspaper column, he said that he stopped the party at one point. They're all stunned at a question he'd asked them. He said, you all seem to be so promiscuous in this class. Uh, and with all your parties, and uh, you could see how they were just peering off and, and all the rest of it. And he says, aren't you, any of you afraid of getting HIV or, or, or you know, any VD? And, and uh, they all stopped and looked at him like he was stupid. And the reason being, obviously, is because, you see, they have the true antidotes to all of that. They don't, they're not worried about that because they won't get anything. There are things that really work, but it's a higher level of science that's not given to the public. Yeah. That's the key to it. So the top there, they definitely have a much, much higher, higher level of science than we'll ever be allowed into. And you can tell just by the technocrats, the age of them, still trotting around the world into their 90s and just as dedicated, putting in 12, 14 hours per day as they were when they were 20 years of age. They have no aging diseases. They don't come down with the, the chronic uh, uh, arthritis or any of these problems. They just simply don't get it. Well, it's because you see that the higher levels of sciences are used for these particular people. I can remember... If you read into the, the old Rosicrucian uh, manifestos, they made it quite plain from the beginning that those that joined them and served them well would be given uh, life extension. And remember, too, uh, that many of the members in those days were into what we would call science of their day, under the guise of alchemy. They certainly had sciences, and they had their own codes that they would never disclose their secrets to the general public of science of actual science on treatments or weaponry either for that matter and by that method they would gain power over kings and queens and governments because they would need those people to create their warfare weapons that's how they get power so as I say they're tampering with everything and here's an article here that this is interesting too because you see everything ties together at the right time. I, I will say this. Everything comes together at the right time. The Bush regime was set up to start uh, the, the next war to end uh, Islam, basically, and also to change the entire planet uh, into this new, this new obedience system where we're post-democratic and we have troops uh, forcing us along, uh, making sure we feel very apathetic when you get searched at stops, etc., or airports and all that kind of stuff. And in comes Obama to take over, and he puts the entire world socialist agenda through, now that the machinery to enforce it is all set up. And the other day I was talking about GM and Ford and so on, and how they're really cutting back, and how, mind you, it's not no surprise, because they we're talking about setting up in Russia, they were, they were already setting the plants up from two years ago, and China is the other place as well. 
So here's the timing of this. This is this article here is from the Mail Online. The end of the great American gas guzzler as Obama gets set to unveil toughest U.S. policy ever on fuel efficiency. It says that you'll unveil new fuel efficiency standards today in an effort to limit the release of greenhouse gases by cars and trucks. The announcement is the result of the administration's work with states, businesses, and, listen, states, businesses, and environmental groups. Now, did you vote in any environmental group? Did anyone see an environmental group up for your vote when Obama was run? Well, how come environmental groups are consulted on this? Well, I've told you before, they're just fronts for the big foundations. They work hand-in-glove with governments, and they demand from government those very things that government wants to pass in all the laws. That's how simple it is. There's California and 13 other states and the District of Columbia have urged the federal government to let them pass more stringent standards than the current requirements. Did the people demand it? No. Who demanded it? The NGOs, non-governmental organizations that are into environments. Who work for Rockefeller and the foundations? The state's regulations would cut greenhouse gas emissions by 30% new cars and trucks by 2016. Officials say today's announcement moves towards the 30% goal by 2000, starting the model with the model years 2011 and beyond. The proposal is expected to coordinate two separate standards for fuel efficiency and greenhouse gas emissions from vehicles aiming for cars that achieve higher miles per gallon and have lower polluting air conditioning systems. They only put you in these little micro boxes, these little uh, box type affairs that can get blown over in the wind. That's what's coming. I'll be back with more on this topic after the following messages. Cutting through the matrix. Just to finish this article, before I go back to the phones, it says here that Environmental Group Natural Resources Defense Council. Now, does that sound something like Rockefeller would set up? Natural Resources Defense Council, a non-governmental organization, says it has discussed the upcoming changes with the White House in recent weeks. How come they can have a, a chat, a tête-à-tête with the White House about? what they want. It's because they're authorized to, you see. This is really what they meant when they did talk about democracy. They said that those who belong to the biggest well-financed groups will have will be the new democracy. But for the rest of the public, you're living in a post-democratic world. You just do what you're told by the authorities. The Soviet system has been copied completely because, you see, if you ask anyone who lived in the Soviet Union, they had lots and lots of non-governmental organizations for just about every part of human existence. And the, the Politburo appointed the leaders of them. And those leaders would demand on behalf of the people that they want this law passed and that law passed, and the government would happily oblige them. And then they would say the people have spoken. Well, it's the same technique you see that's used here. Perception is prevalent uh, over reality perception now we'll go to Sam in Australia hello Sam are you there hey Alan how are you 
Not so bad. Yeah. Uh, I was just calling up to talk about the uh, increased defence fun- uh, spending that uh, a lot of uh, governments are doing. It's, I, I don't know if you saw the uh, recent... Uh, the Australian government's just released a defence paper just saying what they project over the next 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty significant build-up um, for us um, we, in, in anticip- anticipation that the American uh, military might is pretty much going to deteriorate yeah. um, to a point. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, all this money that they, they spend, I don't know if you... It was. It made it over to the international press over there, but we just had like two bikey gangs um, running amok in an air, air, you know, in in a pretty much an airport, international mm-hmm. airport in Sydney, um, yeah. for 15 minutes with no cops. Mm-hmm. It was like 20 guys just basically running around, beating the hell out of each other with bollards. One guy eventually died, mm-hmm. and in the wash-up they found that they there was no CCT footage. Um, to actually make use of any prosecutions. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. With all the, all, all the money that they spend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the APEC um, conference um, yeah. that, that was held here, mm-hmm. where like a comedy team uh, from the ABC actually dressed, you know, dressed a guy up as a, Osama, put him in a limousine, put Canadian flags on the car, and just waltzed on him. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. They have all this on footage. I mean, you can Google it and have a look, but it's amazing. It's these guys are running down, and yeah. they're just being given, you know, with all the money that they spent on APEC and, you know, scaring the entire sort of city to stay away, yeah. these guys just walked in with a guy dressed as Osama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. But, but uh, you wonder too much of it really is, is a purpose-made distraction for the public. But this defence budget, is a lot of it going to your Navy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of Yeah, because the US submarines. Navy will be declining, you're right enough, and, and uh, you'll have to take over, yeah. Mm. Yeah. $18 billion a year for the yes. for a country that's... Yeah. They can always get cash for that, can't they, eh? But they can't mm. give you a good uh, health treatment. But thanks for calling in, Sam. Thanks, Alex. And from myself in Hamish in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.